everybody, Tom Lydon with you. Thanks once again for listening to the Westwood Living Podcast Network. I'm joined by Dr. Ryan Welter, who is our expert contributor in the MedSpa and Cosmetic Surgery category. We are specifically going to talk about something that's a little bit beyond that. I guess cosmetic surgery qualifies, right? Hair restoration. I see some of the stuff that you post, and I almost can't look at it. And you're like, oh, but it's very, very cool. Very technical. You let people get up close and personal to what you do. So let me just set the stage this way. Give me your overview of the concept of hair restoration and how it's changed in the amount of time that you've been doing it. Well, first of all, I just want to, again, thank you for having me um, on the podcast. And I'm really excited to be able to talk about the things that we do. Uh, we do a lot of great, exciting things, and it's a, it's nice to have the opportunity. Hair restoration is very dear to my heart because it's really one of the first ways that I got into the cosmetic world. I've done a lot of things with cell-based therapy. We talked about that in the previous podcast, and then uh, really found someone who was uh, who did hair restoration, and you know we became kind of kindled at the hip and and started to do it some twenty some years ago now. Back in uh, Taunton, we started. Now we're up here in Westwood. And it has gone through a lot of changes. In fact, it was, I think, a very much more barbaric procedure where they took entire strips out of the back and dissected the follicles and there were large scars. And uh, now we have a procedure which is essentially scarless. There are always scars whenever you go through the dermis, but I have video after video that I show on our Instagram where you just can't tell that anything was done where we took the graphs out. So it is fun to show some of those surgical videos that you're talking about. And some of them have, you know, if you're, if you're not into any blood at all, then don't watch, but tiny bit, but, but I like to show it because it does show that it's very minimally invasive. And then we show the healing afterwards, which actually occurs in like a day. And we can transplant now up to three, 4,000 follicles in a day. I mean, individual units of hair, they come in bundles of like twos, threes, and fours, but we can move those uh, three to 4,000 in a single procedure to give someone hair on the top of their head. It's amazing. And then when you combine that with all the regenerative technologies that we have, platelet-rich plasma, carolase, growth factors, stem cells, all the things that we're doing here, a lot of laser therapies as well, and nutritional therapies, we really have a very holistic and universal treatment for hair, and it's really exciting. And like I said, it's it, it really was the first thing that kindled my experience in the cosmetic world, so it's always true to my heart. We do one hair surgery here a day, generally speaking at least, so we're always moving about three to 4,000 grafts here every day. It's amazing. It's incredible. And one of the things I think people are uncomfortable with when it comes to hair restoration is it is just so personal. And everybody has to go through their own journey and come to that point where they say, okay, it's time. How do you comfortably suggest to somebody what you can do to make them look better? Well, I think the first thing we need to do is talk about what what happens with hair loss. So it's a little bit different for men and it's a little different for women. So we're going to do the men first, then we should talk about the women because they're they're completely different. So, you know, men... you. It actually, it, it can happen suddenly. Some some people come at 16 and they're already losing a lot of hair, and that's really hard to deal with, and we want to be aggressive. So if you have anybody who's young, there's so much we can do. Get them in here quick. Okay, that's the number one thing to realize. But what happens is when you start losing hair and you look in the mirror, it is never what I say, ego syntonic. You, you, you realize that it's not exactly me anymore. Like I'm losing my hair. That's not me. And then for some people, it becomes more ego satanic. They accept it and they go on and they live their life and they're happy and it's not a problem. And that's perfectly fine. There's no, that's perfect. 
if you're that person. But for other people, they never get comfortable with it. And that's a person that we try to treat and we try to treat aggressively. So when we're losing our hair and we're not comfortable with it, the most important thing to realize is that there's a lot that you can do preventively before we even get to surgery. There's a lot of treatments that we have available. There's so much more to do today than there ever has been. And we have all those tools here, and it's and a lot of them are inexpensive. They're not terribly expensive to do. I mean, minoxidil is dirt cheap now, and so is uh, finasteride. Uh, Cell-based therapies are very effective. You see a lot of commercials now and, and things like that, hymns and things on TV, and the, the same people that are pushing, pushing the testosterone to men are also pushing the hair products now and all this sort of thing. So I think people recognize there's a little bit more to do, but they might not really understand how it all pieces together. And so that's really the first step. So having the person, particularly the guy who is concerned about their hair loss versus the guy who really is able to accept and go on. It comes in here, we start to do begin the treatments. We have a lot of things that we can do. And the soon like a lot of things in medicine, and this is, you know, common and it's not something that people don't know. But the sooner you act, the better off you're gonna be and that sort of thing. And we try to you know avoid the need for surgery when we can. And then when we can't, then we have that option. And fortunately that option is getting easier to easier to do. And then to your point, what you said, Tom Basically about, yeah, it is very personal. It's not more more personal than that. It's very interesting what's happened, I'd say, in the last five years, maybe with Instagram and all these things. Younger people are, are doing it more often, which is interesting because we used to not even touch the younger people. But now because of the tools and the treatments we have, we have a little bit more flexibility with that. And people are a lot more open. You know, we shave the entire head a lot of times with these procedures, so there's less hiding of it. So people are basically, yeah, I'm going for my procedure. This is what's going to, you know, and, and, and they will show it off more, which is kind of nice. But for the people, and we have a lot of executives to come in, they don't want anyone to know that they've had anything done. Uh, we do a long hair FUE where we can take out the hairs individually one by one without having to shave. It's a little more rigorous to do that, but there are ways to conceal the procedure as well uh, for those that want to do that. But more and more people are a lot more open with it, and it's becoming a kind of a, a lot of a bit of a thing. People are are traveling more to do it. They're seeing other people do it. And so it's becoming more accepting than it was certainly when I started when nobody wanted to let anybody know that they ever had a procedure in hair or anything like that. Now let's talk about women because it is such a completely different landscape and it's biologically different too. Right. So men have what's called usually the, you know, 99% almost, I forget the exact statistics, but many, many, many men suffer from male pattern baldness of some sort. Okay. And it's, it's very accepted. I mean, you can live as a male with male pattern baldness and not be called out for it. But women, when they lose their hair, it's a completely different story. And it's never, never ego syntonic. You never get used to it uh, if you're losing your hair. And unfortunately, women have many milestones in life when they do lose their hair. Uh, they can lose their hair during the adolescent period as they begin uh, menarche and that sort of thing. Uh, they can lose it um, during each and every pregnancy can cause a hair loss, a large hair loss cycle. Uh, stress cycles as well for men and women, but also for women. And then menopause is another huge one. And by and large, that's where... You know, really everything kind of, and this is where Regenerous really works out too, where we kind of have the any hair, New England hair, and Regenerous together. So when this really combines very powerfully, because when you come in for menopause, you have no more hormones. You have zero estrogen, you have zero progesterone, you and you have zero testosterone. Now, women have more testosterone than estrogen, and all these hormones are gone. Your hair is starting to thin. All the, you know, maybe you've had two, three deliveries. All this cumulative hair loss is now accelerated, and it becomes, you know, 
super obvious sometimes during those menopause years. So we see a lot of women, 40s and 50s, you know, struggling with hair loss at that time. And so what we do is we begin where we think, you know, we want to do a complete analysis of all the blood work. We want to look at hormones. We want to look at thyroid studies and that sort of thing. The typical woman who comes here, unfortunately, has already been seen by two or three dermatologists before they finally end up here. And the dermatologist says, oh, take some iron or we'll put you on biotin. And they do the normal things. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But really, if you want to get ahead and get to the root of what you're, you know, no pun intended, but you really want to understand what's going on with your hair, uh, this is the place that you need to be because we will do that complete comprehensive analysis and find out exactly if there's a hormone abnormality, if there's a thyroid abnormality, if there's any blood abnormality, we will find it and we will correct it. And that's that's the easy part, frankly. The hard part is the fact that many times it's multifactorial. It's all those cumulative things I just mentioned. And so we have to figure out a, a long-term comprehensive treatment plan uh, that helps improve the hair. And for women, surgery is usually less of an option. So we really want to rely on cellular medicine and all these other tools that we have, um, including nutritional tools and a lot, like I said, the labs and everything else that we can correct. We want to rely on all of these different things all at once to help improve the hair right away as soon as possible. Because surgery for women is an option when it's needed, but it's uh, because the hair loss is tends to be what we call more global. In other words, where men lose it in a specific pattern, yeah, the crown or the front, then you know women can lose it all over. And so fixing that surgically is a much more difficult proposition because we have to transplant larger areas, right? So we really want to be on top of it early. So if you're a woman losing hair, if you think you're thinning at all, uh, again, extremely important to try it again right away because that's when we can make the best, biggest impact. The knowledge base is there. Obviously, the expertise is there. What I notice and I have learned about you is the bedside manner. How did you learn that? Because this is such a delicate topic. And being able to deliver options and counsel in a way that is received positively, that's a skill. Who did you learn that from? Well, I've been, I've, I mean, I've been fortunate to have unbelievable mentors throughout my life, uh, particularly in, this, in the cosmetic surgery world. I work with some of the top guys everywhere i'm like so i'm going to like I said i'm going to paris next week to lecture at mcas i'm there's seventeen thousand doctors going to that conference it's just an amazing resource of individuals that just are just amazing people just amazing people and i also was blessed as i told in my you know in the earlier podcast you know i came from a family practice background so i dealt with patients on the you know, in the in the weeds for years, right? And taking care of them, not just in the office, but in the ICU, in the hospital when they're most sick. And then, of course, you know, we moved to a hospitalist type program. And so, you know, I wasn't able to do that anymore. And that's where I kind of lost kind of the magic. Because if you can't take care of a patient that you've been following for a long time when they're in their direst need in the hospital, I lost interest. You know, I, that, that to me, that relationship is so important, right? I want to be there for you when you need me, not not when you don't need me. Uh, when I'm just kind of, you know, giving you your next refill. That wasn't really meaningful to me in any sense. Uh, so I think that long-term experience of having a background in treating patients from beginning to end, so to speak, having those long-term relationships with patients, if I do have a bedside manner that's nice, I think it comes from that and from these great mentors that I've had. Well, I'm going to make you feel a little bit uncomfortable now and pay you some compliments just by saying this. You're clearly motivated and influenced by how much of a family guy you are. You know, it is very <laughs> important for you to uh, 
cultivate that family atmosphere. And I think that you treat your patients that way. I, I think it shows in the way that you carry yourself. And I think it's going to be great to watch over the course of the next couple of months here, this building continue to expand and the practice continue to grow. And we are certainly lucky that we get to read your expert columns and we get to learn from you and your expertise and all those years of education that you've absorbed and all of those years of clinicals and everything else that we've talked about over these three episodes. So thank you for your support of Westwood Living as a sponsor and advertiser, for your contributions as a doctor and expert, which is very valuable, and just for, for being a really good colleague and, and guy who I now consider a friend. So thank oh, you. Thank you, Tom. That's really nice. Thank you for having me. Of course. And, and good luck in France. Oh, thanks. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a great conference. I'm really excited. I haven't been to this one yet, so it's going to be uh, I was, I'm carrying the regenerative medicine, uh, medicine session with my good friend, John Cole, who's been a leader in hair transplant for years, and uh, he's down in Atlanta. So I'm very excited, um, uh, taking the red eye tomorrow night, so we'll see how it goes. Good stuff. That is Dr. Ryan Welter from Regenerous Med Spa and Cosmetic Surgery. Of course, stop right by the facility here on University Avenue in Westwood, and of course, you can read his stuff uh, every quarter in Westwood Living. But for now, that's the very latest. Thanks for listening. 